What are the minutes, expectations, and roles for this upcoming Arizona basketball team? Let's get to it here on Locked On Wildcats. You are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. Happy Thursday to you all. All right, we're going to talk all Arizona basketball here. We've been talking a lot of Arizona football, and rightfully so, but we do need to get to some Arizona basketball because, as we know, that is the lifeblood of the Tucson community. And so why not start off with looking at the roster and then figuring out, having a little bit of fun with it, what the minute-by-minute uh, expectations are for the players on this team, and we'll kind of work back from there. All right. Now, Azulis Tabellis talked about him a great deal. Um, Arizona needs him to be an All-American caliber player this year. He needs to be somebody that can go into a game and exert his will, exert his influence, and get you 18 and 9, 20 and 10, but consistently be hovering around that double digit mark of 20 and 10. And honestly, there's no reason why he can't do that. Um, we've seen him do it before. You saw him do that against the Mobley brothers at USC, where he played um, Evan Mobley and Isaiah Mobley, who are both in the NBA. Evan Mobley, who is on the verge of superstardom in the league. And a freshman, Tabellas, put 31 points and eight rebounds on them. So, again, he's going to be out there mainly because there's nobody on the roster that can replace him, plus he is the best player on the team. Now, I think a lot of people are concerned about, well, he didn't look very good last uh, last time we saw him, and that's certainly a fair uh, certainly a fair concern because against uh, in the NCAA tournament, against TCU in Houston, you know, nobody likes saying it, but there's no other way to put it. He wilted. Um, he... Uh, the moment looked too big. Players were talking trash in his face. And by the, you know, basically by the end of the game in the second half in must win situations, you could tell Tommy Lloyd was just like, all right, well, I can't play you. So that's the last that we saw of Azulis Tabellas. He's obviously back. So if you're Arizona, you're hoping that he can um, he can recapture some of that form, but not only recapture some of that form, actually become improve upon that. Now, I don't know that I view Azulis as an NBA player. I could maybe see him being kind of a poor man's Demonis Sabonis, but I just don't know that the next level athleticism there and I don't is there, and I don't think he's ever going to be able to defend anybody. So we could be have Arizona could have him back for another year. And if you're Arizona, you are more than okay with that. But big things expected for Azulis Tabellis this year, and rightfully so, he's going to be getting about 30 minutes per game. Then the other one is Kirk Creesa. Not nearly as good as Azulis Tabellis, but you could make the case equally as important. He um, is the only point guard on the roster, true point guard, I guess, being that uh, Kylan Boswell isn't going to play much this year because he's obviously dealing with a foot injury. But you need to be able to pencil Kerr in for 30 minutes per game. Uh, his shooting numbers weren't nearly what you would like if you're Arizona from the, just looking at it from this point last year. And, you know, if you're Arizona, um, I think that's set this 
second real year with him, he should be able to improve those numbers. I mean, he's hovering around 38% from the field, 33 from three. But when you watch him, his form is very good. He shoots it with confidence. It wouldn't surprise me at all if both those numbers shot up by five to seven percentage points. Something like that. Um, offensively, he's a little bit better playmaker than people give him credit for, and that's certainly something that uh, he should be uh, given kudos for because he can. He can. Um, he, you know, he had games where, especially in the pick and roll, where he was very good, where he was dynamic, and he was able to chip in five assists per game this year. Now, I think you're fine with the five assists per game. You mainly want his scoring average to go up a little bit. And you want him to be able to shoot a better percentage. Defensively, he's always going to be a little bit of a problem because he's just, he doesn't possess the lateral quickness slash strength to be good in those spots. So that's always going to be an issue. But he is more than good enough, though, to get 30 minutes per game. And you know that Tommy Lloyd likes him a great deal, which is a big part of it. So both those guys, Azulis Tabellas, Kirk Creese, 30 minute per game, guys. Then, I got two people locked in, two players locked in here at 27 minutes per game. The first is Pella Larson. I was wrong on Pella. I thought Pella sucked. He definitely doesn't. Um, the healthier he got, the more he was giving me the middle finger, and I was more than happy to accept that middle finger. Um, he Pella is a steadying influence on the court almost all the time. We'll get to that almost in just a second. But he's a good three-point shooter. Not a great, but a good three-point shooter. He's a pretty heady defender, and he's not a bad finisher in traffic. Um, he certainly uh, you know, has shown that he can play. He's earned Tommy Lloyd's trust, and he's going to play a lot this year. He was the Pac-12 sixth man of the year. You're going to be seeing him start this year, probably put up 11, 12 points per game. The only thing that I don't want to ever see from Pella Larson is more than two dribbles. When he dribbles it more than two times, he turns it over. Don't do that. So you get two dribbles. You get one dribble to the hoop, two dribbles max. But anything more than that is playing with fire, and we don't want to play with fire here. And again, he certainly – and take, for what I'm, take what I'm saying for what it's worth because I was wrong on him. But – 27 minutes per for Pella Larson, and as long as he's here, it's fair to say that he's probably going to be playing around those type of minutes. All right. Then you got Courtney Ramey. Courtney Ramey transferred from Texas. He was brought in to not only improve Arizona, but I think to help out in a lot of the areas where Arizona might be lacking. And Ramey comes in with a reputation as a defensive player who can also get into the lane and can create uh, for others and get his own shot. Not great at it, but good. Um, we just talked about it with Kirk Risa, not a great defender, never going to be a great defender. Courtney Ramey should be able to take on the other team's best uh, offensive player. That should certainly be in the cards for him. He is, uh, you know, he's, he, he should be one of Arizona's best players this coming year. And if he's Arizona's second best player, I don't know that it would shock people. Um, again, uh, when Kirk Kreese is going against teams like UCLA or Oregon, where you got guards that are probably a little too much for Kirk Kreese to handle, that's where Courtney Ramey's going to take over. Now, you might look at Ramey's numbers at Texas last year and see he averaged nine. I would look at the previous year where he averaged almost 12 and a half and shot 40% from three because that was in a style, that was in an offense that was much more conducive to scoring the ball. 
Courtney uh, with Shaga Smart. Courtney Ramey's going to be playing a lot of minutes this year, and deservedly so because you know he was he's what who Arizona targeted early on in the transfer portal, and it makes a lot of sense. So at that center position, you're looking at an Umar Ballo or a Henry Veser. Now, both guys are interesting for different reasons. First, I think that uh, Umar Ballo is going to play about 23 minutes per game. I think he plays more than Veser. You watched last year, and I was another guy that I, I didn't expect much from Umar. I thought that he would be roster filler. I thought that he would be a player who um, – I thought he would be roster filler. I thought he would be a player that would maybe get you 23. My alarm is going off. Hold on. Sorry about that. That's never happened before. Hopefully it won't happen again. Um, but uh, with, with Umar, big Umar, he is offensively, he's not great, but he finishes everything around the basket by dunking the ball, which is an underrated quality with a big man. He wants to, he sees the ball. He wants to dunk the ball. Big fan of seeing things like that. Then defensively, he showed last year that he can have some monster games. I mean, you saw the five block performance broke the pack 12 tournament record for that um, as it is. So there's things to work with. Now, last year when the game got sped up, there were times when Umar could look a little lost where you could tell that he just wanted the game to slow down a little bit. The game's not going to slow down, but maybe that means that Umar is going to pick up the pace because you see him on campus now. He's definitely lost some weight. He looks fantastic. I think he's going to be in better shape. And it'll be interesting to see what he can really reach because I think this year will be indicative of the kind of player that Umar Ballo can be for the University of Arizona. Again, I don't know what that what that is, whether that can be an all-conference player or whether that's nine and seven. But either way, I expect Umar Ballo to get the majority of those minutes. All right. Now... Henry Veser. Veser is the law, the mysterious European or the mysterious international player for uh, that uh, everybody kind of knew about, but nobody wanted to report on. Kudos to Jack Murphy for getting him. Um, he's got an NBA future. He's about six eleven. He can move. He can shoot. He can finish around the hoop. He's cagey. He just kind of understands basketball, and you can tell that basketball comes naturally to him. Now, he's also very, very skinny, and he's coming from overseas where obviously there is a little bit of a uh, uh, an adaptation process to it. What, what should expectations for him be? I think about 15 to 17 minutes per game. Again, he's got a higher upside than Umar Ballo, but I think it's going to take him a little bit longer for some of the reasons that we did, uh, that we did, uh, discussed earlier. But when I watch him... I think that uh, his arrival date is 23-24 as far as being a true difference maker and pl playing 30-something minutes per game. By that point, he'll have a full season under his belt, and he'll be more, you know, he'll just be stronger, he'll be more mature, everything that goes into that. Again, I don't see him playing as much as Umar Ballo, but make no mistake, Visser's going to play, and Visser's going to play quite a bit because you're trying to get him ready for that second year. Plus, He's good enough to be able to play right now. That's kind of where you are with a Henry Veser. All right. Now, before we, we're going to get to some of the guys that are coming off the bench, 
but also wanted to remind you of public service information. Don't drink and drive, people. I mean, in this day and age, Ubers are cheap. They're... You don't have to worry about hurting somebody. You don't have to be a cool person. Everybody knows somebody that has been affected by a DUI. And you don't want to be, you don't want to have that on your, you don't want to have that on your, not only on your record, but on your conscious. Because again, it's so easily pre preventable. If you're going to go out and have some beers, great. No problem to it. But just make sure that you get an Uber. Make sure that you keep everybody safe out there. And it allows you to have an even more enjoyable time because you don't have to worry about driving. So look at it that way. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with you. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. Happy Thursday to everyone out there. All right, we're continuing our minute-by-minute, player-by-player breakdown what to expect from this Arizona men's basketball team. Now, the next player up, Cedric Henderson, out of Campbell, transfer from Campbell University. Uh, I look for, before we break it down, I look for Cedric to get about 20 minutes per game. Now, you might think to yourself, Campbell University, what does that mean? What do they do? Well, it is. It's Campbell University. But he averaged 15 a game last year, five rebounds, a couple of... You are a lot... This has been, a, uh, he averaged a couple assists and he was able to, um, look the part against Duke. If you have an opportunity, go watch the highlights against Duke, go watch the game when Campbell played Duke. And you could see a guy in Henderson that looked like he could play for Duke. Now I'm not saying that he's going to be the first pick in the draft. I'm not saying that he's even an NBA player, but there's a lot to work with there, especially when you're talking about replacing a player like Dalen Terry. Dalen Terry was that perfect jack-of-all-trades type that not a lot of uh, schools have. And Cedric Henderson, you're hoping if you're Arizona, can be that guy. Can he be able – Can is he able essentially to guard the other team's best perimeter player when he's in – and is he able to chip in offensively and not only chip in offensively, but be able to do it from a, a facilitation standpoint? If he can do that, you might be looking at a lot more than 20 minutes per game. But I think that's a pretty good number to slot Cedric Henderson in right there. But again, that was I think that was one of the more underrated coups of the entire signing or uh, the uh, transfer portal. You could tell that Arizona zeroed in on who they want and they, they got Courtney Ramey and they got Cedric Henderson. Now, the guy that's going to be competing with Cedric Henderson for minutes is Adama Ball. Now, a lot of the times in this day and age, and we've talked about it before, but you get parents that hold their kids back three or two years, and they're showing up as a 20-and-a-half-year-old 20 freshman. Well, that was not the case with uh, Adama Ball. He was a year young. He showed up as a 17-and-a-half-year-old. And... Tommy Lloyd talked about it from day one, that he had a lot of uh, expectations for Ball. He thought the Ball was going to be able to be that player at some point. And when you watch Ball, you could tell that that's the kind of guy that Gonzaga has flourished with. Now, by the end of the year, Ball was starting to get some more minutes. He was starting to get into that, uh, you know, and some meaningful minutes. And when he got the opportunity, he knocked down threes, he knocked down open shots. Coaches don't put players like that in, especially when you're dealing with a good team. Coaches don't put players like that in there if they don't expect them to play and have a considerable role next year. I always think back to when Jason Terry was a freshman at the U of A and Lute Olson at the end of the season, the end of his freshman season, started sneaking JT in there from time to time. 
And it paid off with, a, I think, a 25-point performance against Washington towards the end of the year. The following year, Jason Terry is starting for the uh, academically ineligible Miles Simon. Rest is history. They go on to win a title, and JT was a big part of it. Now, I'm not saying that Adama Ball and next year's Arizona team is going to be able to do that, but there is a lot to like, though, about the potential of Ball and what Tommy Lloyd does see in him. Um, again, kind of like with Cedric Henderson, the minutes will be up to Ball. If he comes in and he's improved to you know the capacity to which he can uh, improve, you're looking at something different. Maybe he's getting 20-plus minutes per game. Maybe he starts getting 13, 14 points. I don't really know, but everybody knows that the potential is there with him. So that's kind of where we see everything right now with those guys. All right. Now, we got three more players that we need to break down. But first, I want to tell you about Bet Online Sportsbook. That's the place you want to put down your bets. The Bet Online Sportsbook has been around forever. It's where uh, it's people are comfortable with it. You can find in game lines, out of game, or excuse me, futures, all kinds of props. The Bet Online Sportsbook is where you want to be. Again, I like air. I think Arizona football is going to be over two and a half or three wins. There would be no better pl better place than this uh, Bet Online Sportsbook to be able to make that one happen. So again, check it out, Bet Online Sportsbook. One of the great things about it is that it's easy to use and it is very easy to navigate. And you know what you're betting on. Check it out. We'll be right back with you. We're going to break down the three final players on the roster. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right, now we got three more players and minute expectations to break down. The next one is Philip Borovichinen. Now, great name. They call him Philly B. And that's where we're going to call him as well on uh, Locked On Wildcats. I have no clue what to make of Philly B other than the fact that Tommy Lloyd is probably the best international recruiter in all of college uh, basketball. And he went over there, he saw Borovichinen, and he offered him a scholarship. And there's quite a bit to like. When you watch him, you see that he's a legit 6'8". He can handle the ball. He can move. He can get in and out. He can shoot. There, again, there's a lot to like. You just worry about his adaptation to the American game. I could see him getting three minutes per game, or I could see him getting 18 minutes per game. Neither one would really surprise me just because you don't really know what to expect, but there's a lot to work with there. And he's certainly a guy that you'd want to bet some on his future. Uh, Kylan Boswell, another guy. Five-star point guard reclassified so he could join Arizona this year. As many of you know, uh, Kylan has a uh, uh, Kyle, Kylan's dealing with an injury, so he's not going to even be ready, probably ready to play for a while. But for me, it was always about getting Boswell in here so he can be ready for next year. And I think that was the U of A coaching staff's uh, uh, thought process as well, and they're smarter than me, obviously. Kylan Boswell, I look, when he is healthy, I look for him to probably play five to seven minutes per game. But again, that payoff then is the coming year. And then finally, we got Dylan Anderson. A lot of people have soured on Dylan Anderson. I have not soured on Dylan Anderson. I would like to see him have a redshirt year this year. He's got great coaching uh, for the first time, and he's got a coach that believes in him. It's just going to take some time again. He's he's not the strongest dude in the world, but he's got some skills. He's not a great athlete, but he's also not a bad athlete. He can move pretty well. There's a lot to like about his game, and but I would like to see him redshirt. Okay, 
That pretty much is the breakdown on how I see minutes. We'll be talking a little bit more about that tomorrow and some more recruiting, or probably talk a little bit of basketball recruiting as well. But everybody out there, you have a very happy Thursday, and you have been listening to Locked on Wildcats.